Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It is so great to be here. Man, it is great to be here. So we are in the season of Teshuvah. We have, I mean, the, the horse is out of the stall. We are 10 days in. Uh, what was really cool this year is that Alul 1 and September 1st fell on the same day. So it makes it really easy to track, like, what day are we on for the Daniel Fast? What day are we on for Alul and in Teshuvah? So um, just if you guys uh, are first-time listeners, Teshuvah is the season of repentance. It's when we get ready um, for the fall feast, so the month before we get to Yom Teru, which is the Feast of Trumpets, and uh, 10 days later, Yom Kippur, and then five days after that, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, prior to all that, we're just trying to get our hearts and our minds uh, ready and in God's will, and we do that through Teshuvah, through returning in repentance to God. Uh, in our congregation, we do a 21-day Daniel fast, and the Daniel fast is going great. I feel amazing. Uh, I love the Daniel fast every year. Um, it just It's just one of those things where, you know, uh, you, you eat better and you feel better. You have more energy, uh, the whole nine yards. And I know uh, Dave and Sherry Orcutt, uh, health ministers here at uh, Beit Tehila, would, would probably say the same. They'd be like, I told you so. At least that's what I think they would say. I don't know if that's actually what they would say. And uh, so uh, those of you that are joining with us, thank you. Um, you know, we've been, uh, a lot of people are doing our Teshuvah journal, uh, which is just every day journaling, you know, how you're returning uh, to God and, and, you know, just spending time in prayer and, and reading the word of God and uh, just getting, getting yourself right. You know, I mean, I think that uh, this is probably something we should do all year long, but uh, we're all human beings and we have our ups and downs and our ebbs and our flows. And this is a good time to kind of get back on track. Uh, with the Lord, and we do it, you know, together as a community, and it, it, it works when you do it together as a community. So, uh, like I said, I'm enjoying it, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, one other thing about the month of Elul, Teshuvah, is uh, in uh, Jewish tradition, it says that the king is in the field, and the king, our king, Yeshua, is in the field, and basically that he's gone off, he's he's done his conquest or whatever, he's in the field, he's on his way back to the king, uh, to the king's palace, to sit on his throne for judgment when we get to uh, Yom Teru and Yom Kippur, but at this time that he's accessible, he's he's there and he's readily available. You don't have to petition or make an appointment to go and see him or stand before him. That you can talk to him as just another person in the field there with you, and that you have access to the King. And so we know that through Yeshua that we also have that access that we can boldly enter the throne room of grace and access Yeshua all the time. But this is just a cool time of year um, and a and a good way for you to 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 think about. It. I I happen to like to take prayer walks every once in a while, and uh, and it's nice because when the King's in the field. You get to you get to walk with them, you know. Not that he doesn't walk with you other times, but you guys get the point. So, uh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So today we are studying uh, the Torah portion, Key Tetzay, which is when you go out. It uh, is in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-one and verse ten, and ending at chapter twenty-five and verse nineteen. All right, Ryan, we're going to kick this thing off. We're going to start reading here. There's a lot of uh, commandments in this particular portion of uh, scriptures, and uh, we're going to have some really good. Good discussion. So, uh, a captive woman as a wife. So, Ryan's going to read Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 10 through 14. Once again, a captive woman as a wife. Ah, we captive woman as a wife. 
when thou goest forth to war against thine enemies, and the Lord thy God hath delivered them into thine hands, and thou hast taken them captive, and seest among the captives a beautiful woman, and hast a desire unto her, that thou wouldest have her to thy wife, then thou shalt bring her home to thine house, and she shall shave her head and pare her nails, and she shall be uh, she shall put the raiment of her captivity from off her, and shall remain in thine house, and bewail her father and her mother a full month, and after that thou shalt go in unto her, and be her husband, and she shall be thy wife. It shall be if thou have no delight in her, then thou shalt let her go whither the will, whither she will, but thou shalt not sell her at all for money. Thou shalt not make merchandise of her, because thou hast humbled her. Wow. Check this out. So a captive woman as a wife, elevated to a wife. Uh, now a captive woman had to shave her head and pare her nails. This means to make or dress before becoming a wife. Isn't that interesting? Even back then, uh, the women needed to do their nails. Nails yeah. are a big deal. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe there was it's some... Like a, it's like an event. I wonder if there's some weird pagan practices where they had some long nails or something, so got to I don't know, but it says, yeah, pare her nails or make or dress them before right. becoming a wife. So so all you ladies out there listening to the podcast, uh, go get your nails done. It's biblical. Tell them. Take this right here to your husband and say, look, she's even uh, making or dressing her nails, a captive woman who became a wife. So, um, And you can uh, thank me for that. <laughs> Now, a captive woman shall mourn for her parents for a full month. Uh, Deuteronomy 21, 13. So she's going to mourn for her parents for a full month because she's been taken captive and elevated to wife status. She would, of course, have to do what? Leave her family. You know, it's interesting. Like even with Abraham, you know, he had to leave uh, his relatives. He had to leave his country, his father's house. Uh, and this is what's happening in the world today, you know. And uh, and, and Jesus says, you know... Um, if you love father or mother more than me, you're not worthy of me. You know, if you love your your kids more than me, you're not worthy of me. So I guess his love is outstanding, to put it mildly. Uh, and so here we have some incredible things about a captive woman as a wife. Uh, see, this is very civil. You know, this is not degrading. This is not, you know, putting the woman down. Uh, this is elevating them to the wife status. Moving on in, in chapter 21. If a man had two wives who both bore him firstborn sons, and one of the wives was hated, which son got the double portion of all that the father had? The son of the wife that was hated. The son of the wife that was hated. You know, it's interesting, you know, uh, we're into the one wife scenario or whatever, but here it is, you know, if a, if a man had two wives, uh, it's interesting, Bilhah and Zilpah, and... Uh, you know, they, Rachel they, and Leah. Yeah, Rachel and Leah's handmaidens. They got elevated to wife status, uh, and they bore children as well. Uh, very interesting here because we know that, oh, Jacob loved Rachel. He loved Rachel, uh, but didn't have that love for Leah like he did for Rachel, for Rachel, you know. And uh, so in this particular case, this 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 testimony here, this, this commandment here, uh, that he would not be able to give the blessing uh, to to Yosef, because he was from this, from the uh, mother that was loved. So something interesting going on here, you know. And I wonder um, if that's hated, as in the like how we connotatively think of hated, or no, I don't think you mean hated, meaning what? Like he didn't hate her, right? No, he there was no hate, right? 
I don't think so. Yeah, this is just those... Jacob I have loved, but Esau I hated. Yeah. I think the connotation is not what you think it is in right. English. Right, it's the preferred yeah. one over Jacob the, I love, but Esau I hated. That's terrible. The favorite versus right. the not favorite, that kind of thing. You know, and so it's interesting, you know, what, the, what, this, is, what this is talking about. Uh, going on and moving towards, uh, you know, the, the, the wife and then, of course, the, the firstborn sons. Uh, the, the wife that's unloved. Now we move into, could children be stoned if they were stubborn and rebellious towards their parents? Yes. Yes. You know, I think we're going to read this Torah portion extra carefully the, yes, and get I the house on Friday. Yes, I highlight this. <laughs> I read this in all the translations and maybe even learn it in Hebrew, you know. Um, so yeah, the, you know, it's interesting that that's, that's a severe punishment though. Remember that, you know, there's being sent outside the camp. Uh, there's also being stoned. You know, and there's restitution, but those are the only two verdicts that can actually uh, be brought forth. You know, uh, it's interesting that the prison system is not found in the Torah. There's cities of refuge, but there's no prison system. Amazing. You know, you think about it, you know, it's just kind of bizarre, you know. But what did Yeshua say? You know, hey, you didn't come visit me in prison. Yeah. Because, you know, it's a man-made system. Some people don't really understand all that, but it's, it's true. The, the prison system's not in the Bible. Meaning it's not prescribed in the Torah. It's not prescribed in the Torah. I mean, right. it's not, I don't think it's part of the kingdom, but I mean, man uses it, which is to keep law and order. I'm, I'm just, I'm not against it. I'm just saying the prison system is not shared in the scriptures. So very interesting. Matter of fact, it's funny how, you know, it was like Paul and Silas or maybe even Peter. They, they, didn't they like bust out of jail on more than one occasion oh, or yeah, something? For sure. Because God's like, man, this isn't my gig. I don't do prisons. <laughs> You're out of here, you know, and and isn't I mean, that Joseph was in prison? I mean, there's there's you get them out, get them yeah. out, you know. Uh, moving on here, uh, this is very interesting. Um, it's not okay to leave a body on a tree overnight. No, isn't that interesting? So it's not okay to leave a body on a tree overnight. Do you have some scriptures on that, Ryan? Would you like to read those for I, me? I do, I do, because it does say in Deuteronomy. Where's a cross reference for that in the New Testament? It does say in Deuteronomy twenty one twenty three that um, that you're not to leave a body on a tree overnight. But then in John nineteen thirty one we see this play out in the New Testament in the story of Yeshua. And so I'm going to read verses thirty through thirty seven. It says here in uh, chapter nineteen of John uh, verses thirty through thirty seven. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, "It is finished," and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and brake the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. And when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead, already they broke not his legs." But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he, set, and he that saw it bare record, and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look upon him uh, whom they pierced. And so... All of, and in accordance with the Torah. So not only is this the fulfillment of prophecies in other places in the prophets, but also uh, a, a keeping of the Torah as well. And also in Galatians 3.13, Paul tells us, the great apostle Paul, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. 
Wow. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, I tell you, you know, people don't like to talk about sin. But I'm going to tell you something, everyone. Sin is so bad that Jesus had to be beaten, spat upon, ridiculed, hung on a cross, uh, nails through his hands and feet, you know, uh, spear through his rib. I mean, I'm telling you guys something. Sin is bad news, folks. It's not in his kingdom because God is perfect and holy. And so there's this cosmic chess match happening, like Ellie Barzilli would say. The enemy moves, God moves, the enemy moves, God moves, but God's going to have the last move, you know. So once again, we need to really appreciate uh, and go into the New Testament as Christians and find these references. Very good. So we're going to move on here. Thank you, Yeshua, for hanging on the tree for me. Oh, and by the way, you know, uh, some of you speculated that it was a cross beam and he was on a tree. Yeah. Uh, and the other two... Um, the, the thieves, you know... Uh, Almost making a triangle around the tree with their right, crossbeams. and that they could hear each other, they could see each other to some degree. Uh, but yeah, like like around the tree. So something something interesting to think about uh, in that regard. You know, Either way, he hung on a tree, he stretched out his arms, whether above his head or to the sides, it's okay. But uh, he, he died on a tree. A piece of wood, amen, which is a reference of a tree. So we're going to get into... Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 22, uh, about commandments. Now, the Lord commanded his people to return their neighbors, lost possessions if found. I love this commandment, Ryan. So I would say to somebody. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I would say, hey, if you found somebody, like we find somebody's Bible in the church, real nice leather Bible. Yeah. You know, one that I maybe eyeball and like, oh, this is really nice. Yeah. I love Bibles. I got hey, a nice look, my new Bible. And, uh, you know, you find a name in it. Well, you are to give it back to the owner. You, you are to return uh, your neighbor's lost possessions if found. You know, I said, well, you know, if the tour has been done away with, like you said, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm not under the law. Oh, oh you should have left your Bible. Bummer. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So the new covenant this, this says is that I can the immaturity, keep your stuff. But this is the immaturity <laughs> that we have, Ryan. I mean, think oh, about of it. Course. If we read these commandments, we have to look at it and say, can we do these? Right. Now, I've never literally broken down 613 commandments, but it's been estimated or told, and I'm pretty sure it's true if I go back and research, over 200 commandments are, are require the temple. Yeah. Well, well, we're down to 400 and something. Yeah. You know, and uh, Day Sanitated Bible makes a very interesting reference, Ryan. Thank you for this little bunny trail. You're welcome. There's over a thousand commandments in the New Testament. Boom. How about this one, everybody? You are commanded to love one another. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you hear that? You are commanded to love one another. The commandment to love one another. Wow. So once again, do you want the New Testament or the Old Testament? There's more commandments in the New Testament than the Old Testament. This is this is amazing. So it's important to help your neighbor when he was in need. You know, that can come up, you know. Uh, it's important to help your neighbor when he was in need. I like this one. This is really good, especially the times in which we live today. Now, check this out. This is here in the Bible. Like, like don't do these things. Like, right. we would do them. You yeah. would think, oh, no, nobody would do that. No, the depraved mind is going to do it. A woman was not allowed to wear men's clothing. And a man was not to wear women's clothing. Yeah, you know it's funny. It's like um, it's like contracts. You know when you when you read through them and you're like you see some of these stipulations, 
every one of those paragraphs or stipulation exists because it came up at some point. They didn't just say like, oh, you know, you shouldn't wear women's clothing if you're a man. Right. Uh, no, somebody did it and they had to write it down. You know, it, it, with God, it's a contrast. It's a clear distinction in everything. You know, I choose this day whom you will serve. Right. You know, there's no maybe. Call me maybe. Famous one hit wonder. No. You're going to call me or you're not going to call me. All right. <laughs> it's true though. Yeah. You know, as a pastor, I get people all the time, you know, that uh, they have good intentions. They want to impress. They want to do things. But, you know, if you can't do something, you can tell me no. I enjoy that. That's fine. But if you can do it, great. But I'm not going to manipulate people into saying yes or whatever. But this is this is the condition that we can be in sometimes. Uh, moving on here, and it, as far as nature goes, it's not okay to take the mother bird out of the nest to keep, but you can keep the young. Mm. Very interesting. It's not okay to take the mother bird because you're going to mess up the order of nature. She can always produce more eggs. She can always do that. But if you take the mother, you take the source. You know, yeah, the golden goose effect. So, um, it's also commanded to put a railing around your roof so nobody could fall off. You know, keep your house safe. Look around for, you know, um, safety things, you know. We that is a, interesting uh, because that's important. We had a, uh, an electrician come out to the house and it was basically saying that, you know, there's a, there's an electrical hazard here that someone could be electrocuted in the pool, you know, and all these things, you know, Ooh. and pointed out a lot of things and. We're like, whoa, we got, I was startled. Like, all right, there's no more swimming, this and that, you know, and I, I believe the guy. Well, this other guy came out, this other electrician and says, no, this is not life or death. This is not going to kill anybody. Yeah. So it's like, you know, in the multitude of counselors, you know, there's a good bid. There's a good bid. There's a good bid because it's like, because I want my family to be safe. Of course. But what's a fear factor though, you know, yeah. and whether the guy's trying to drum up business or whatever, I didn't really feel like that. But I think he was kind of over the top. Yeah, you know? and uh, and so you know you got to you got to definitely take the advice. You know, so once again, make sure your house is safe. You know, check it out, look around. You know, that's the um, that's the the personal injury attorney verse of the Bible. The personal injury attorney. Yeah, uh, check this out. This is really good. Uh, let's see, in Deuteronomy twenty two ten, it says, "Thou shalt not plow with an ox and a donkey." I'm going to have Ryan read a cross-reference here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16. Listen, those of you that are listening to this podcast, aren't you enjoying how we're taking Torah and we're going right into the New Testament? I enjoy that. I mean, the Torah is in the New Testament, folks. And, and Paul quotes it and all these... How could it be done away with? We need to grow up. So go ahead and read 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, our beloved apostle Paul. All right, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So once again, you cannot do that. You can't have a donkey and an ox together. They're unequally yoked. Well, One's going to pull more than the yeah, other. Yeah, they're going to plow in circles. You know, I mean, that's that's the idea there. The ox is stronger. Right, they're going to get nowhere. And it's interesting because the ox is, is uh, clean and the donkey is unclean. 
right? And so when Good we're point. saying, so there you go. So when you're saying believer and unbeliever, you know, in this case, the ox is the believer, and the the donkey is the unbeliever. Very good. So what was to go on the four corners of your vesture or your garment? Uh, Deuteronomy twenty-two twelve. Zitziot, which is uh, fringes on the corners of your garment. So that's uh, that's obviously very popular within the Hebrew roots movement is for people to wear their fringes. <clears throat> and uh, I've gotten emails um, over time from people asking about zitzitz and, and things like that and when and how it's permissible and whatnot. And so I want to give you guys just a couple comments on, on zitzitz real quick, um, kind of just what our stance is. Uh, our stance is, A, that um, you should do what the Lord leads you to do, right? I mean, the Holy Spirit. Um, I think that there's a lot of people that look at the zitzitz as Jewish. They're, they're obviously a biblical command from God, so it's not necessarily Jewish. Uh, this is a, a fundamental thing that we, we believe in. Um, and the zitzitz are to be a reminder to you. And so the idea here <laughs> is that as long as there's a thread of blue and that you've, you've woven something into the, the corners of your garments, then, then we, we, we support it. You know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with people getting creative or festive with their zitzitz and, and enjoying uh, keeping the commandments of God. I know uh, lots of people that, you know, young children will, will braid them and, and make them and bring them to the church and give them away and things like that. So. And, uh, you know, uh, Yeshai Fleischer is bringing back this movement, True Blue Jew. The Tachelet. True Blue Jew. Right. Which is that true blue, yeah. right? The real blue. You know, I, um, I ran into an Orthodox Jew at the wall and I was asking about, well, how come you have the blue fringe in your zitzit? Because I know that they couldn't find the right color for the dye or for the for the you know the thread or whatever and he says well it says to do it it's got to have blue right so it's a true blue movement right and, and when we say blue right we're we're translating the word tachelet as blue right right tachelet is is there they're saying that this is a specific color there's another right. word for blue in hebrew and you know here's an interesting observation here uh, this is very interesting as we go into the new testament once again we're going into the new testament folks Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22 says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Check that out. Praise God. After 12 years having an issue of blood, that's like just just bleeding. You know, like a woman has her menstrual cycle every month. Right. She would just bleed at all times. And so, you know, she was off balance there in her health. I mean, imagine that. Now, what's interesting is she said, if I just grab the hem of his garment, well, uh, in the Greek, there's no word for fringes or zitzits. Mm. There's no Greek word for that. So they put hem. Yeah. Like, why would she grab the hem of his garment? Well, anyway, it's quite obvious she was grabbing his zitzitz, you know, the four corners. And it's interesting because in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, it says... So wait, Jesus wore zitzitz? I'm pretty sure he did. Wow. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. So there was this thing that the Messiah, the Son of Righteousness, check this out, the Messiah would have healing, that if you could just grab his zitzitz, she was led to do all of that. She wow. put it all together, you know. And, of course, Malachi is the last prophet before the New Testament. 
So that's just something to think about, everybody. How incredible that is, and ZZs are making a comeback. And like I said, it is an option. So we're going to move on into Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verses 13 through 30 deal with, of course, uh, sexual matters. Uh, Sexual matters are coming up right now. And a woman who was hated and accused of not being a virgin had to prove it to her husband. A woman who was hated and accused of not being a virgin had to prove it to her husband. You know, these issues happen every day. Uh, The punishment for the husband, if the accusations were false, was that he was to be chastised and give a hundred shekels of silver to the father of the damsel. Yeah. That's called restitution. You know, restitution. When you talk about an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, uh, it's not literally that. It just means there has to be restitution. Whenever you harm somebody, you should always do restitution. You know. Now, the punishment for the wife, if the accusations were true, would be that she was brought to the door of her father's house and stoned to death. Wow. That's horrible. It is. It's pretty serious, and I think that it's important to note here that the issue is is the the truth that was told ahead of time, right? So whether whether or not somebody is forthright with the person they're going to marry ahead of time is the issue here, not so much uh, the virginity itself. I think that um, it's it's one thing uh, to disclose things uh, before you get married. It's another thing to lie about it and then be caught in your lie. And I think that's where the the evil comes in uh, to this, and that's why the Torah prescribes such a, a harsh punishment for this, especially since it brings embarrassment or dishonor to a, a household. Because if you you as a home, right, you're you're putting forth uh, one of your daughters as as one thing, and it turns out that she's another, then that's you know again that's where the issue is. You know, I have four daughters, and every one of them they're married to Jesus. That's right, mine too. I have three. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have three daughters. I'm going to put these guys through the ringer because I've been around the block. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know what's going on. Just yesterday, uh, Abigail um, told me that um, I guess some boy tried to hold her hand, you know, and I'm like, uh-uh. You, know, you tell him daddy's the only one that holds your hand. She's like, I know daddy. I was happy about it. She's six, right? So, I'm telling you, we're living in times now. It's not good. The enemy's trying to corrupt us. Not you know? good at all. Um so the punishment for adultery is, of course, uh, being stoned to death. Uh, once again, here's the punishment. It fits the crime. So that's what God says. Well, we say, well, that's injustice, or that's not fair. That's not right. You don't make the rules. He's a righteous judge. Remember that. He is a righteous judge. He will not judge with the sight of his eyes or with the hearing of his ears, but he will mete out a righteous judgment. Trust me on this one. Well, and if you don't if you don't hate sin the way that God does, then, then you need to to reconcile that pray pray god give you his his will in your heart oh absolutely now a betrothed woman had to cry out if a man tried to lay with her in the city so she would be innocent of the charges of adultery you know what i mean yep this is serious stuff listen up everybody this is serious stuff if a man lay with a virgin he was obligated to marry her afterwards yeah you can't just take advantage of of girls and and run off and do your own thing that's not how it works if a man lay with a virgin he was obligated to marry her afterwards yeah okay well you you know there you go you you slipped up there you went a little too far right now you're committed that's right because that act promotes what a covenant that's what promotes the marriage covenant is that act itself. Well, and, and, you know, our society as a whole has gotten away from the sanctity of the nuclear family, of the, the husband and wife and the kids as a staple of society. But in, in this type of a society, it was, it was uh, paramount to their survival. 
And so we look at it as if, you know, oh, people, you know, there's different types of families now. No, there's not. There's one type of family, husband, wife, children. And that's God's design for humanity and for society. And for some reason, we think that we're smarter than he is. I don't know how we get those harebrained ideas, but we're not. And these things here are laws that protect that type, that, that nuclear family and the structure that God has created for society. Yeah, the man had to give the father of the virgin 50 shekels of silver, and that's for restitution, but it's also a, a form of a dowry, too, that he should have given. He probably the, needs to beginning. give the dowry as well. So if he he's gets smart. to make up the dowry, is what he's doing here. Yeah. So it was not permitted to marry your father's wife. That's obvious. Yeah, why would you want to? It was not permitted to marry your father's wife. And now we go into, of course, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23. Persons excluded from the congregation. Here we go. Persons excluded from the congregation. Uh, once again, an illegitimate child uh, could not enter the congregation of the Lord. Mm. So I don't know how that worked, but the, an illegitimate child could not enter the congregation of the Lord. Uh, an Ammonite and a Moabite were not allowed in the congregation of the Lord. Now, once again, it's it's family related. They're relatives, but they were not allowed in the congregation of the Lord. And this no. is in the temple, correct? I mean, it says in, in the congregation of the Lord. I mean, that's probably what it is. Yeah. It's got to be a reference to that because, you know, Gentiles were not allowed to enter into the court. Right. They had the court of the Gentiles. Right. right. And it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 7, Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou wast a stranger in his land. Once again, Edomites. And who was the founder of the Edomites? Edom? Esau, sorry. Esau, that's <laughs> right. Esau, you know, um, and Herod, King Herod, we, he was an Edomite. Right. Very Edom, interesting. Edom, an Edomian? Yeah, Edomian. Yeah. An unclean man was allowed back in the camp in the evening after washing himself. Once again, this is a, a ceremonial law. This is ceremonial. Okay. This is a ceremony. Uh, it was important to bury human waste so the camp could remain clean and holy. Now, how they did that in Rocky Israel, I have no idea. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, what do you got? Um what kind of shovel do you have? Right. What kind of tool do you have to bury waste? That's a good question. I know, isn't yeah. it? Where's the archaeologist? Once you get you to the them? Bronze Age, I guess you might have you something. Yeah, yeah, but it was important to bury human waste so the camp could remain clean and holy. You know, it's interesting as I reflect on this, you know, the a lot of the there was a lot of accusations uh, when the bubonic plague broke out that the Jews started it. They did it because they weren't being affected by it. It's because they had good hygiene. They had good cleaning, you know, skills and set. You know, they, they knew what they were doing. They they would wash their hands and do things like that. So because, you know, the, the bubonic plague didn't impact them in a, in a greater way, they accused them of it. Wow. You got to check that out, Ryan. It's a very interesting observation. I tell you. Uh, but, you know, with the hand washings and everything, they were very clean people so so uh we know that the lord thy god he he walks in the camp deuteronomy 23 14 he walks in the camp isn't that incredible that's awesome i want him in my camp he is in your camp i want him walking here he just is walking here just walking here i have him in me so there you go this is true i mean i'm just saying we need him in our camp uh it's not okay to charge your brother interest okay it's not okay to charge your brother interest. Now this so. is your brother, but you can charge your sister. No, <laughs> maybe you can charge the Gentiles interest. Or I don't your know. cousin. I don't I'm know. not going to get into that. Yeah. So once again, interest is not in God's plan. It's all greed. Uh, 
Matter of fact, it was interesting. I I could do like a um, a debt transfer or you know transfer of debt from you know one card to another. Oh, zero percent transfer. Yeah, balance transfer. There you but go. after six months, it says twenty three percent. I just read the fine print. I just wanted to read it, look at it, like yeah. just for fun. It went in the trash. I mean, either way. Yeah. Wow. Twenty three percent. You better pay it off in six months, or you'll be paying more than what you even started. I, I, isn't that see that's so anti-biblical right there that right there the credit card companies or how about the uh <laughs> he looks at me because i do credit card processing for a living <sighs> yeah but you give good rates i'm just saying that even matthew was a I don't, tax but player. i don't have anything to do with the issuing side i'm not issuing credit cards i'm just no. giving businesses the ability to accept them i understand that's a whole other story yeah, you didn't rob the bank you I... just drove the car <laughs> Whatever. I'm just teasing you. So anyway, Matthew was a tax collector, and he wrote the Gospel of Matthew. So anyway, so uh, God can use all of us, Ryan. I hear what you're saying. I'm telling you. I also so, do payroll. Everybody likes that. See, payroll's really good. I love payroll. Um, it says here in Deuteronomy 23:21, Thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not slack to pay it. For the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. Right. You know, it's like we make these vows unto the Lord. I'm going to do this, Lord, and I'm going to do You know, it's funny, right? When I got saved and born again in March of 92, I confessed things out of my mouth that I know that he wrote down and made a contract. I said, oh, you vowed. <laughs> if I saved you, you would serve me all your days. Yeah. You would go wherever you want me to go. You would say, that's what he got me. Uh, yeah. And that's why people wonder why maybe they give themselves to the Lord and they get saved or born again and they try to walk away or get out of it. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Not good. And you wonder why you're not happy. Or you don't have better things or better circumstances. It's because he's not going to let you be happy. Because you vowed. I, I remember to this day, I did. I, I, I said things. Lord, if you save me, I'll do good. I'll worship you. I'll serve you. He still holds me to it. Yeah, he sure I'm is. I'm glad he does that. Yeah, you know, think about it. If some of you right now, this is a word for somebody listening to this podcast. Maybe your life is in the pits right now. Maybe you're on skid row. Maybe you're down and out. Maybe your circumstances aren't really good. Go back and look over your life. Is the road that you're on going to bring you to God? Is the road that you're on going to bring you to God, to Father's house? Sometimes we get off the road. I need you to get back on the road. It's, it's called the ancient path, everyone. The ancient path has always been there, but it's been covered up in things and, and we didn't see it and we weren't exposed to it. Now he shows us this ancient path, everyone. Please walk this ancient path. And he's given you the Holy Spirit to do it. So right now, Father, we just pray for all those that are off the path to get back on the path. Amen. For the vows that they made that they will commit to, that they will reflect upon the things that they promised that they would do, and they will f fulfill those vows. And Holy Spirit, you will bring it to their remembrance. We ask this in Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Amen. You're going to feel so much better. I'm telling you. <clears throat> so vows are important. Be a man of your word. Have integrity. Have character. Well, you know what? It was okay to eat your neighbor's grapes and corn. But it's not okay to put your neighbor's grapes and corn into a vessel. So the idea here is that, you know, you're walking through and, you know, you want a little piece of corn or some, some grapes. You can walk through and take some, but it's not okay to go harvest it and put it into a vessel and take it right. home. Right. That's know? a good point. You yeah. know, that's, I like that. Very interesting. You know, that's cool. <laughs> Very interesting. I would love to just be walking along the road and there's some grapes. Wouldn't it be awesome? I would love that. Yeah. I actually got a message from the guy that used to own my property yesterday telling me about muscadine grape, uh, I guess, breeds or not breeds what would be uh varieties varieties species. yeah species there you go 
and uh, and where I can get him and stuff like that. And I, he did that out of the blue. And I'm just like, man, now I feel like now I have to go like plant a vineyard in on the property. Hey, that sounds like a cool idea. A little muscadine wine or something, you know, we could do it. Or yeah. or just some table grapes. <laughs> yeah. The spirit of Welch's is upon me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Welch's is my friend. So is, uh, what's the other one? We'll call it musky wine. Kadima? <laughs> Kadima? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kadim. Kadim. Yeah. All right, everybody. I want you to fasten your seatbelts. Because we're getting ready to do the advanced gospel in just a few moments here. We're going to give you the advanced gospel. There is the gospel that's awesome, that's great, that's literal. But here, we're going to be giving you the advanced gospel now. I'm going to have Ryan read in Deuteronomy chapter 24, ladies and gentlemen, verses 1 through 4 in regards to divorce. And we're going to have a little topic here of discussion that's going to be really good. So let's hit it. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it her, give it in her hand and send her out of his house. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it in her hand and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that, she is defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord. And thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. All right. So let's just talk about this, Ryan. We got we got some time here. Yeah, we just got to be clear that you're married and divorced, right? She goes off, she marries somebody else, you can't take her back. That's right. You cannot take her back. It is considered an abomination. Wow. So here's the Lord, right? We mess up in the garden. He gets upset. Now death comes into the world through the wages of sin is death. So death comes down. We all die. We have a spirit and our spirit goes to God, but we got kicked out of the garden. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to marry you. I'm going to marry you. And so here we have in Exodus 19, the marriage covenant is given. But yet in the Torah, it says, hey, listen, if you're married to a, a, a gentleman and you are divorced and you get the rid of divorce, the, the certificate of divorce, and you go and marry another person, you can't go back to the original husband. Isn't that interesting? It's like the woman at the well with Yeshua. You've been married five times and the guy you're with currently now is, is even not your husband and, or whatever, like a boyfriend. And he calls her out. But he really stresses the point that he is the Messiah, that he's the one that she was waiting for. He says, I am he. You know, yeah. It blew her away. And, and of course, it showed that he was a prophet. So once again, uh, in Jeremiah 3.8, it says, And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. So we're going to read a few scriptures here. So once again... God divorces the northern kingdom. He divorces the house of Israel. Now, Judah did fare no better, but the bottom line is that it doesn't say he divorced Judah because they have the scepter. So that's the point that I want to make, that Judah was not divorced, okay? So they have the scepter. Now, if we look at it, it's very interesting because the Messiah, and, and we're going to find this, how could this even 
come back to fruition? How could we be married again to the Lord? Because even in Hosea, it talks about, and I will betroth thee unto me. I will betroth thee unto me three times. But let, let Paul satisfy this. Before Paul, Before in Isaiah Paul. 50, in verse 1, it repeats this. So just to give it a second witness of the divorce. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother and that, put away. And that goes on with uh, 3a because of adultery. Right, right. So here it is in... Uh, so where is this writ of divorce? So he's like saying, where is it? Yeah. Where is it? But he's calling it to mind. Yeah. But but Paul's going to answer all the questions in Romans 7, verses 1 through 4. You're going to love this, everyone. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that he how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So how did God get out of this technicality? Check it out. How did he get out of this? What was he going to do? He had to come in human flesh, suffer, die, and be buried, and rise again, the second Adam. He literally didn't go against the Torah, because now Yeshua is the second Adam. Yeah. Because, see, God took on human flesh, Ryan. He, he changed his very species from a spirit to physical flesh. So that he could fulfill this. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it just shows how much he loves us. And you know, it, it's amazing. And it shows how, I mean, it shows how the, the love story of God, it just, it, it's all tied together throughout all the scriptures and how you go all the way from the Torah and Deuteronomy learning about the laws of, of marriage and divorce through the divorce and God divorcing the Northern Kingdom and then God making a way to, to take us back. I mean, it says right here in 7.3 in, in Deuteronomy, or not Deuteronomy, Romans. This is what Paul's reflecting on. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So once again, it means that when it says here that, uh, it says right here, uh, she is free from that law, meaning she's free from that statement. She's not committing an abomination. Correct. She's free from that charge. No, this is not saying the law is in a way with this is specifically right. citing the, but that's the what I'm saying, marriage though. and divorce. It's, it's reflecting it that it doesn't apply to her now. So isn't that cool? Well, it still applies and, to her. If she goes and does this again, it applies to her Yeah, we don't her want again. to talk about that. <laughs> Go and sin no more. But yeah. anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that. What an incredible, incredible, I mean, this is just incredible, you know? And now that we're talking about marriage and, and a renewed marriage, you know, um, a newly married man was to remain at home with his wife for one year. Deuteronomy 24.5. For one year, a married man was to remain at home with his wife. Boy, that's some serious, serious marriage counseling going on there. That's some serious, that's kudos for that, you know, because uh, we had a, uh, a couple in our, in our group at, 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 that we were attending um, re-engage, um, you know, opportunity at the crossing. And so it's a 16-week course, Ryan and Ashley graduated and um, 
finished it out, the closed group. But this couple was sharing about how they got married and he was in the, in the, in the, in the military. And so they didn't get to spend a lot of time together. So when they did, they really made it count, you know. Yeah. But it was like he would be deployed for three months at a time and different things. And so in the beginning of their marriage, they didn't get to really spend that quality time. So once again, if Torah was put into the military or if we had this particular commandment, you would be able to be with your wife and get to know her. And see, everything that God does is to strengthen marriage, strengthen the family. That's right. You know, it's, it's been said and it works that, you know, in society, if you break down the family, you break up society. You know, if you have strong families, you have a strong community, you know. Uh, and so in reflecting in our marriage and different things, it goes on to say that it was important to listen to the priests when it came to the plague of leprosy. Once again, we have the first, uh, we, actually we have the, the first job of a priest is to be a dermatologist. That's right. They're a dermatologist. Yeah. Hey, let me check it out. You know, I got this little freckle. I got this bump, this hair coming out. What color is it? And so think about that. So when you have an issue, you're supposed to go to the priests, not the medicine cabinet, not the liquor cabinet. You know, you're supposed to go to the priest. And so what's happened in the times in which we live is that the clergy is there for the people to pray for them, to counsel them, to help them, you know, and, and it's interesting, Ryan, that a, a true elder is one that can take care of his personal life his, his married life, his kid's life, and then the church, you know, but so many people want positions and this and that when their house is out of order. Yeah. You know, don't go into leadership if your house is out of order, take care of your house first and that will all fall into place. Uh, it's not okay to keep a poor man's pledge overnight because he might get cold. You know, his pledge was his garment or his coat, you know, to pay something back. So make sure that he keeps his pledge, but he pledges it. So think about it. The stranger, fatherless, and the widow were three groups of people that should be remembered and provided for. In our congregation, we like to make note of the fatherless and the widow. And, of course, we have guests or we have strangers come. Uh, why? Because we were a stranger in a strange land. Uh, you know, it's like when you go out into the public sector of life, Ryan, and you're out there and you can just open up the door for strangers. You can do so many things for strangers, you know, uh, help them out in that way. Um, so here we are. We're going to be moving into Deuteronomy chapter 25, finishing up here. Uh, and of course we have, uh, only 40 stripes could be given to a wicked man, only 40. And, uh, and I think Paul was whipped and it was like saved for 39. They stopped at 39 in case they miscounted or something. Yeah. Wasn't he, I think he had like 39 stripes, save yeah. one. Thank you. Cause what if you miscount? <laughs> yeah. And what is 40, but testing. See where I come from is one for good luck. That's an extra one. 40 stripes, Ryan. Oof. That's a, that's 40. That's a good sound effects. And who's counting? That's what I, I, I would be. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. I think that's enough. <laughs> well, wouldn't you be counting? Yes. Because I don't want him getting it wrong. No, no. I'd be double counting. Two, four, six. <laughs> think about it, Ryan. I mean, Count really? Ten, oh ten my gosh, twenty, you know, forty stripes. Come on, any piece of leather, forty times would be that would believe. Some serious marks. Uh, yeah. But it's for a wicked man. 40 stripes could, could be given to a wicked man. Yeah. You're going to get 40 stripes. Man. See, you don't get like, well, I'm putting you in, you got a year in prison. No, it's you get 40 stripes. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you know, God chastises those that he loves, Ryan. He sure does. In, in the New Testament, it talks about this in Hebrews. And, and actually in the Greek, it actually means pain, discomfort. Oof. So sometimes we get that, you know. Imagine that. Uh, moving on here, uh, what animal was not to be muzzled when it treaded out corn? 
the ox. Do you want to go to 1 Corinthians 9, 9? Once again, we're going in the New Testament, folks. This is so incredible. Share this with your friends. Yep, it says here, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox and that treadeth the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I go. think the idea here is obviously that the, the ox is going to eat corn. Right, so he's, he's liking it to fellow laborers. Right. Deserve some pay, some, you know, what? Recompense. Recompense. Or, uh, that's you know, a, that's some a fees. King James SAT word. Recompense. So uh, don't muzzle the ox when he's treading out the corn. That's another Very one. Very good. Um, think about that. And he's liking it to, of course, the laborers that are giving the gospel. Very good. Uh, now, if a man died with no children, uh, it was his brother's responsibility to marry his sister-in-law to produce children in his brother's name. It was his responsibility to do that. Very interesting how that, that works. Even among the Jewish people, they're, they're good at that stuff. Um, I think there's a, a movie out. Um, I forget the name of it. it, it it's, it's in regard to that. I'm trying to think what the name of that movie is. It's, it's a subtitled movie, you know, foreign movie from Israel. I don't know. I know that if the brother refused, called. that he would be disgraced. Right. And that, um, and that it's one of those things where it's like a responsibility upon him, you know, that's thrust upon him. It's not like a choice of his where he gets to decide. Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. It is his responsibility. To yeah. Let, let's let's just read these verses. It says right here in in Deuteronomy twenty five verse seven, and if the man like not to take his brother's wife. Then let his brother's wife go up to the gate unto the elders and say, My husband's brother refuseth to raise up unto his brother a name in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of his city shall call him and speak unto him. And if he stand to it and say, I like not to take her. Then shall his brother's wife come unto him in the presence of the elders and loose his shoe from off his foot and spit in his face. And shall answer and say, so shall it be done unto that man that will not build up his brother's house. And his name shall be called in Israel, the house of him that hath his shoe loosed. What comes to mind, Ryan? What the story of Boaz and Ruth? It sure does. There was a redeemer ahead of Boaz. There was. But he refused it. Yeah, I didn't see the slapping or the... Uh, the spitting. The spitting in the face, I'm sorry, uh, in the in the movie edition. But I, I did see, I did hear in the in the book of Ruth about taking off you know, the shoe. And of course, you know, spitting on someone is, you're unclean. Oh, yeah. And not only that, remember what, what God said in reference to Miriam. If her father would have just spit in her face, I mean, put her in her place. Right. Put her in her place because she was cocky or whatever. If she would have just learned something early on. She would not have done that to Moses to try to usurp him. Yeah. You know, and that's the amazing thing, you know, uh, especially with the Hebrews of the Christian faith. You know, I don't think there's anybody really jockeying for a position to head up this thing. But I think if we're all obedient, then he can trust us and we can enjoy what the father has. So so once again, um, you don't want to be disgraced. So so here's the sister has no children. And I guess maybe, you know, you think about it, it that would make sense to carry on the tribes. Yeah. Um, it was important not to have diverse measures. You know, uh, you can't have different measurements. Yeah, one for buying, one for selling. Yeah, you can't have different measures, diverse measures. Uh, that's a commerce thing, Ryan, right? It is. You know, it's been... so explain that a little bit, diverse measures. So the idea here would be that um, when you go to buy something, you want the measures to be light so that you have to put less gold on it, right? So they're, right. they're weighing the weight of a shekel. A shekel, yeah. Right? On one side. And so then you have to put you know, your gold pieces or whatever on to the side. To match it up. Correct, to match it. Interesting. And, and so what they do is they do a light set for their 
buying and a and a heavy set for their selling. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I'm sure that's going on right now for sure. All right, last but not least here, um, the children of Israel, of course, were commanded to destroy Amalek for the wrongs he had done to them. Oh, Amalek, the grandson of Esau. You know, Haman was a descendant of Agag, the king of the Amalekites, and he wanted to annihilate the Jewish people. Haman did. Uh, interesting observation. In, in, in the story of Purim, he wanted to annihilate them, and that's before Pesach or Passover, you know. That's the season of that time. And, of course, in the Hanukkah story, Antiochus Epiphanes, a picture of the Antichrist to come, he just wants to assimilate everyone, you know. Let's all just be one. Let's coexist, like that bumper sticker on people's cars. Coexist. You know, and so once again, uh, there's a there's a clear distinction there. And of course, it, it says in there that Israel would go to war and fight with Amalek from generation to generation. So I would I would like to say that Amalek is alive and well today. Uh, one of the rabbis were saying on the Land of Israel Network that Amalek are, are those people that would try to put the, the, the you know, the fire out in you. They're like a cold bucket of water. Yeah, you got passion and purpose. You're cruising along, and Amalek's like this big bucket of water, just wants to try to put you out. Ice water, yeah. Ice water, yeah. you know. Ice water in his veins, you know. But uh, once again, Amalek is is a bad dude. It's bad, bad news, bad news. You know. I mean, think about it, Amalek. And of course, uh, when they went out to battle, that was the first person they fought. Yeah. So I, I think it begs to to say the same thing again. You know that hey, we're we're still in that same war, and of course Moses had to keep his hands up in order for them to prevail and Joshua did prevail over Amalek that's a good story in Exodus chapter 17 verses 8 through 16 but why can't they make movies like this stuff I mean they, they used to well I mean maybe but I'm just saying they don't really make make movies like they used to you know so uh, anyway we we have this final thought here what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion key tetse when you go out what do you have Ryan uh, well, the first would be that God cares about the family and about divine order. Ooh. And so there's there's several things all throughout here, you know, laws about sexuality, um, laws about, you know, children, and um, laws about divorce and, and, and marriage, obviously. And then even all the way down to, to not being unequally yoked, um, that commandment is found here. And so God does care about family and divine order. Uh, my second point was that uh, Yeshua had to die in order to buy us back. So uh, in order to keep the Torah, you know, God created these, these fundamental laws, these natural laws. And uh, in order to, to, to stay within the construct that he created, he had, he had to do it if he wanted us. And so the question was, does Jesus love us? Does God love us? Does he want us? Does he want to have relationship with us? Does he want to be in covenant with us? And I would say so much so that he really put his money where his mouth is. He died in order to buy us back. And I think that's just a big deal. And you know, the bottom line, Ryan, is God has a redemptive plan. It's called a progressive revelation. And so so for such a time as this, you were born. So everybody listening to this podcast, I want you to think about this. Uh, Chances are that you are born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, and you have Torah. I mean, there's a big chance. CWT? Christians with Torah. But think about we're the first generation to do this, to be born again, baptized in water, have the Holy Spirit. And have the Torah on our mind and our heart. Right. So how much are you willing to give up? How, much, how far are you willing to go to get it? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the storyline, you know. Get your house in order. Get your house in order. God is moving. Incredible things are happening, you know. Uh, just like I said, you know. Uh, matter of fact, it even says right here. 
I'll go back to Isaiah in, in closing here, just so people can see that you are those people returning that the prophets foretold. You are, you are those people, you know. It says right here, let's see here. Let me see here. I'm going to find it. Do, do, do. I'm going to find it here. You got anything to say, Ryan? <laughs> Are you looking for Isaiah 50 verse 1 or... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm sorry. In Isaiah 54, verse 1, this is the half tour that's going to be applied this week, everybody. Right. In closing here, this is really great. Closing on an hour here almost, 55 minutes on the podcast. But here we go. Check this out, everyone. You're going to love this. I want you to really think about this. This goes into effect, the half Torah, a reading for the prophets, this Friday. Okay? And it is, of course, the Torah portion. Ki say when you go out. Here we go. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Let's read that again. For more are the children of the desolate, that's us, the Gentiles being grafted in, than the children of the married wife, saith, we have more kids than the Jews do. It's a 10 to 2 ratio. Think about that, everybody. So the married wife doesn't have as many kids. And these kids are all over the world. You're one of his kids. You're in Maine. You're you're in uh, Arizona. You're you're in Alaska. I mean, you're everywhere. Sweden, Norway, South Africa, Yeah, it says, enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen the cords, and strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Come on. Now, it goes all the way to, to verse 10, Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 10. I want you to check this out, everyone. This is the phenomenon. This is what's happening. So it's right here in plain sight. You know, when you come out of the nations and you're a Gentile, you're no longer a Gentile. You're part of Israel. You're part of the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2. You're grafted into the olive tree, and the olive tree is Israel. And the root of the olive tree is Yeshua. Think about it, everyone. Leave this thought just running through your mind right now. Isaiah 54. Check it out. We have to find out who are these people. It's you. It's me. It's us. We're non-Jews. There's a place for us. The prophets already foretold this. And that's what's, what's, that's, that's what's coming to pass. So what are we battling? False prophets. Opinions. People, of course, misinterpreting scriptures, you know, and you're not supposed to do that. Prophecy is of no private interpretation. Peter even says this. So I want you to be encouraged. There's a place for you. We're not usurping the Jewish people. We don't replace Jewish people. We come alongside the Jewish people. And we have Torah and we have Yeshua. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And I have to say this. The Lord wills. Yes, he does. Amen. The Lord wills. (laughs) And on that note, guys, thanks for listening, man. What a... What a packed podcast. Thank you guys for for sticking it out. If you come this far, send me an email. uh, Hashtag I stuck it out uh, to Ryan at topraise.net. Ryan at topraise.net. You can also email me if you guys have prayer requests or if you need anything from us, uh, any resources or anything like that. 
Uh, you can uh, live stream our services at topraise.net or any of our social media platforms. You can call the office here at 813-654-2222. And, uh, and that's it, folks. God bless you. Have a great week.